welcome to season six of Nerd Ascended. We're fans of many things and experts on none. I'm Natalie. And I'm Chelsea. And this is what we're nerding out about this week. Hey nerds, welcome to season six of the Nerd Ascended podcast, our 2022 season. It is the first week of January as we're recording this and as you'll be listening to this because we're actually going to record it and edit it and get it up on some sort of actual reasonable timeline because that's what we're doing this year. This is the year when we know it's going to be another garbage year because we're in three year, year three of the pandemic and yet we're still going to make it work. So the last two years were about surviving everyone and now it's going to be about thriving while everything is still absolute chaos. I saw a tweet that called 2022, 2020 part three. And I was like, oh God. Well, think of it. It's true. (laughs) If you want to be the optimist, think of that as like the third time's the charm then. (laughs) This is our third do over for 2020. Like third time's the charm to maybe finally get out of the pandemic or third time's the charm for COVID to... To kill me off? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, I was going for the nicer. Who's getting the charm? Us or COVID? <laughs> well, hopefully us. That was my attempt at optimism. But <laughs> this, you know, dark humor is what keeps me going sometimes, honestly. But all that to say, last year sucked, man. It sucked. And it sucked because COVID was still going on and... We found out a lot of people in the world are very stupid and selfish. Um, And so we won't go into that and be Debbie Downer on this podcast. But we lost our stepdad in late spring of last year, which just obviously colored the rest of the year. Um, There was health issues. There was career changes. There was travel for reasons we didn't want to travel. Then there was COVID variants. There was... It, it was everything. It was just, it was garbage. So last year, our podcast season was not super exciting because, like I said, we were just trying to survive. <laughs> we were just in super survival mode for all of 2021. Yes, like a, like a lot of people. But now thinking about it, it's crazy to me that this is actually going to be season six of our podcast going on year four. Um, but now we've switched to just making a season the the year long thing. So that's kind of why there's like that discrepancy there. But it I was looking at our numbers. And despite that, we still had people listen to the episodes we put up. We still had people listen to our old episodes. And it blows my mind that we have over this fun little side project where we just call each other on video and rant to each other about whatever we're freaking out about at the moment. We have almost like 3000 people that have listened to our little baby podcast. Which is crazy because we're just both sitting in our houses <laughs> looking at our little video squares of each other. Yes. So this year we are going to kind of make this podcast more of a of a thing. Give it a, a more of a of a life of its own. So hopefully the episodes will be more regular. We're gonna ramp up, you know, what we do on social, um, considering having some kind of like online blog component of this which would be kind of fun but hopefully just 
you know, maybe meeting some people through this and having conversations and hopefully having other people enjoy our random rants about stuff. Because when we started this, literally, it was because we do this anyway. <laughs> we through text or phone or whatever in person talk all this shit and rant about whatever <laughs> and freak out about random things. And it just seemed like such a good opportunity to put it out there because I love listening to people rant about random stuff they're really excited about too. And another thing for me was, you know, as you hear in the opening of every episode this season, our slogan is we're fans of many things, experts on none because I truly believe you don't have to be some super hyper expert on something to enjoy it or have an opinion on it or talk about it. Because there are so many things in the nerd world, so many things. And I appreciate people who are hyper fans, super experts on things they love, that's awesome. But I don't think um, just because you're not, if you're a casual fan, or even if you're a super fan and you don't know all the details, that's awesome. I just, I, I hope our, our perspective on this just helps people, you know, feel good about just liking what you like. Get out there and have fun and enjoy stuff, no matter how old you are. Yeah, and I, we've said this in previous podcasts, but if there's ever something on here that we just totally rag on, like, you can still like it. And we support anyone liking whatever nerdy thing you like, because... Life is hard and it has been extra mm-hmm. hard the past couple of years. So like what you like. <laughs> yes. Just don't be a dick. And because yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's things I have said about Walking Dead on here. I will never say that to someone that's like, I love Walking Dead. It's my favorite show. And I've been watching it since the beginning and I still watch it. Like, I'm not going to say the things I've said on here to them. And no. Like, I hope it continues to bring you happiness, even if it's just yeah. for an hour a week then I'm glad it exists for your happiness. Yeah. Now, if you want me in person to tell you why I don't like something and have a conversation about it, that's awesome. (laughs) We can do that. And I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff that we like that other people don't. But I think everyone should be encouraged to like what they like and feel free to rant about what you like and don't like in a, you know, compassionate, fun way to other people. Um, You know, never rag on someone for what they like, but you can rag on the thing if you want. So... Anyway, that's our whole perspective on why we have this this fun little whatever it is we're doing. <laughs> little rant <laughs> session. Um, so for our first official episode of season six, we're going to be taking a look back at 2021 and our favorites from that year and then a little uh, peek at what we're looking forward to for 2022. So as a disclaimer for our look back at 2021, obviously... We weren't able to consume every piece of media that was available that came out in 2021. So these are our favorites based on what we actually saw, watched, read, played, whatever. Um, and as you will see, there's a lot of overlap probably, I bet. I, d- I don't know what yours are yet because we're going to talk about it, but I bet there's a lot of overlap and then I bet there's some things mm-hmm. that are very specifically different. So yeah, let's let's just get right into a fond look back at the things in 2021 that did not suck. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Do you want to start with movies? Yes. Let's start with movies. Okay. So I will say to go along with what you were just saying, movies, 
which is very unlike me, is the category this year that I did very bad on. And normally I do very good on it, but I don't know why, but that was just the category that suffered. And I, mm-hmm. I watched more than three movies, so I could at least still make my list of my top three. But there were so many that came out last year that I still really want to watch and I have not yet. And I'm hoping to do that soon. Yes. Oh, and before I forget, this is not a spoiler-free podcast either. No. So, <laughs> so just expect that. But there were there were a lot of movies I didn't see either. And I mean, for part of the year, we couldn't even go in movie theaters in most places. And then there's obviously like your own comfort level about still doing that even when you're able to do it. So I was pretty low on the list of movies I've seen this year too, but I did see more than three. Yes, you. I mean, you, I know you saw more than me because you saw several that I want to, like the Ghostbusters movie, um, Antlers. <laughs> I haven't watched yet. I really want to watch that movie. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch. Like, I'm gonna have to go through lists of movies that came out in 2021 and write down the ones that I still need to watch. Uh, Dune. I haven't watched Dune. I haven't watched Dune <laughs> either. And I, I know some of these clearly like we can actually watch them on HBO and that kind of thing without going to the movies. Um, but it's, yeah, it just didn't happen yet. (laughs) So, (laughs) so spoiler Dune is not on either of our lists (laughs) because neither of us have seen that. Um, I've heard very fantastic things though. Yes. So I'll just go through all three of mine from three to one, uh, give a little, a little detail for each one. And then I want to hear yours. Okay. I'll try not to rant about anything. Um, <laughs> my number three movie of the year was Army of the Dead, Netflix original with Dave Bautista. <laughs> you said that with such spice. <laughs> I know, and I probably said it wrong too, <laughs> which makes it worse. Um, I absolutely loved this movie. I made the mistake of watching it at like 8 p.m. one night, and it's a two and a half hour movie. And I did not sleep that night. But it was amazing. I mean, for being a movie that is purely a popcorn movie, like there's not, it's not deep. It's not going to change your life. It doesn't want to. It's not trying to. It's just trying to be entertainment for two hours. There's a pretty solid plot. And for, I, I've seen a lot of zombie movies. I like zombie movies. Often the plots get very similar. And there's obviously parts of this one that are, but there's a lot of it that was different and unique and I really enjoyed that and I also enjoyed um that it was set in Las Vegas which I always like to get picky about <laughs> like how they get from like place to place and how long yeah. it takes them to get there yeah. um but this Fremont movie... street is not right next to the street <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this movie managed to well not managed they made their own fictional hotel for part of it and I was like oh that's smart because I can't nitpick on that because there's <laughs> you made that up. But the rest of it, the way they traveled was actually more accurate than most Vegas movies, I would think. Or I would say. Interesting. Uh, and the opening credits were very Zombieland-esque. And it was very fun. And I loved it. And it introduced me to Tignataro, who I should have known a long time ago. And I was fascinated that she did her entire role after the whole movie had been filmed because the previous actor turned out to be not a nice man. And the director of this movie, instead of just leaving it, 
was like, nah, took him out, <laughs> edited him completely out. Tig Nataro did all of her scenes on green screen. And I think she only had one other one that she was actually with another actor. And it was amazing. And now I listen to her podcast because she's she's like top tier. Yeah, my number two movie is The Suicide Squad, which was one of the very few movies I saw in a movie theater. There was me and two other people there by themselves. It was super great. <laughs> like in normal times, that's also super great. But during pandemic, I was like, this is choice because we are all very spread <laughs> <Exceptional>. out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the Suicide Squad is probably the most violent thing I have ever watched. But surprisingly, it was okay for me because some things when they're violent are not okay. Well, you've I, seen, you didn't you see Hateful Eight and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. And Hateful Eight, uh, the end of that movie sometimes still pops into my brain like, yeah. like a traumatic experience. That was, that was a violent movie. Yes. Yes. And then, um, what was the other once upon a time in Hollywood? I went with my friend in Omaha mm-hmm. and I ended up, <laughs> I knew it was coming because you had told me I ended up sitting there with my eyes closed for like seven minutes <laughs> for, well, cause most of that movie is side rant. Most of that movie, you're like, am I at a Tarantino movie? And then suddenly yeah. you're like, oh, yep. I'm at a Tarantino movie. <laughs> and then it just goes yeah anyway yeah and the thing that got me about that one was that girl screaming non-stop mm-hmm. that scarred me <laughs> even though I wasn't watching anything anymore I was like I know someone's dying in a pool I know yes. there's a lot of violence going on I can't watch it right now yes <laughs> but that girl screaming just like got stuck in my rib cage <laughs> for like five months after that movie yes anyway anyway <laughs> The Suicide Squad uh, was very violent, but one thing that kind of helped with that is James Gunn's style, at least in that movie, kind of like warned me when something really violent was going to happen. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Mm -hmm. Like, the only time that movie that something happened that was very violent and I was not prepared for it was Pete Davidson at the beginning. That was the only time. The rest of them, I was like, oh, something gross is going to happen. And then it it did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but beyond the violent factor, I thought the story was great. Um, all the actors in it were very well cast and it was well worth the wait. And then my number one movie, surprise to absolute no one, <laughs> is Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> of course, because how of could course. it not be? It was absolute magic probably my favorite marvel related film if you look at people on the internet that are trying to you know be cool and edgy and say they didn't like it all of their arguments for it are like it's just fan service that's what superhero movies are yeah when has a superhero movie not been fan service superhero movies are supposed to be cheesy and they're fan service and you know quite honestly you know what tried to not do fan service uh was the final season of game of thrones and look where that got us Right. <laughs> and that, that was a, that was a hard pill for everyone to swallow. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I need to explain why it's my number one. It was funny and it was heartfelt and it made me laugh and it made me cry. And hello, Ryan. <laughs> and Ryan is home from Home Depot. He bought many blinds for us Woo. because home ownership. <laughs> yes. 
seeing Tobey Maguire again. Yes, in the Spidey a suit. Forty-year-old Spider-Man got me in my feels. Yes, with a sore back <laughs> because he's forty now. And I, I just, I won't talk about it too much because I could talk about this movie for a whole podcast. But I appreciated that Toby and Andrew Spider-Man's were not like sucked straight out of the years their movies had been in. Like they'd actually mm-hmm. aged. Like Andrew was like twenty nine thirty. And Toby was 40. So like it wasn't like freshly out of their own trilogy trilogy and two movies. Like they had been Spider-Man for a long time. They had processed all the shit that happened in their movies. And I thought that was very good. Yes. And and Andrew crying when he caught MJ. Um, I actually read somewhere in an article that the scene where MJ falls. They actually used the same collapsing building footage and audio from Amazing Spider-Man 2 when Gwen was falling. So that it was supposed (laughs) to be like literally the exact same thing. But he did what he should have done the first time and actually saved her then. But um, I loved all the little inside jokes. I thought it was so well done. Um, Yeah, if we want to talk about a plot hole or something like why why tom holland had to be tom holland and try to like save these people but honestly especially if you go back to the original spider-man trilogy that's a trilogy that's all toby peter would have wanted anyway himself because mm-hmm. so many of his villains were people he very much cared about <laughs> before they came became a villain that was like kind of the point yeah, so. like that's not something that's exclusive to Tom Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It's a, um, it's supposed to be like not a fatal flaw, but it's sort of a flaw in all Spider-Mans that they they think everyone is good and everyone can be saved. Yeah, the only the only two things that movie didn't have, and that you know, one of these was definitely me asking for way too much. There was not a Deadpool cameo. I would have loved if we could have done that. There I was know, a Venom cameo, which was yes, pretty close. <laughs> I did like that. I know Ryan Reynolds would have done it in a heartbeat if they would have called, but I I know that one's asking for too much. I really held out hope that they were going to do something super cool and that one of the Spidey portals would bring in Miles. And maybe like the guy who does his voice and in into the Spider-Verse could play him and you know all of that. But there was a Miles reference. So at least there was that. But at least there was that. I was hoping that there was a Miles Spider-Man and that happened to be the one thing they kept secret that did not leak on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's we we actually do want to do an entire podcast just on Spider-Man in general. Um, because now there's a lot of questions about like in the MCU is Peter Parker done because that the way that movie ends is kind of it could be you know it it could be or it could not be which is a whole other side discussion (laughs) yes but easily best movie of the year for me yes it had everything (laughs) (laughs) so my list I have two honorable mentions one of which is suicide, the Suicide Squad. I should say specifically, because there's a difference between the Suicide Squad and Suicide Squad. I loved it. I loved that it had some of the same flair of Birds of Prey. My other honorable mention was Ghostbusters Afterlife. 
That movie was just very fun. And honestly, if you want to talk about fan service, that movie is a bunch of fan service. And it's done perfectly well and wonderful. Um, the director is the son of the original director. There's a very nice tribute to Harold Ramis. Ramis? I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his last name correctly, but um, because he passed away several years ago now. Mm-hmm. And they tie him into this story very nicely, very appropriately. Um, I felt like so many references from the first one, but in a way that actually like ties this one together and makes it make sense. It was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. If you loved, if you have not seen it yet, if you loved Ghostbusters as a kid, you will love Ghostbusters Afterlife as an adult. Um, so my actual list, number three on my list is Antlers. Um, for several reasons, because one, this was one of my most anticipated movies of 2020. And when it got shelved or paused, I guess technically, with everything else in 2020, it was one I really thought was just going to disappear into the ether. And I did not think mm-hmm. we were going to get that movie just because it's, oh, is it under Paramount? Oh, no, it's under Searchlight Pictures, I think. So it's, you know, one of the things that Disney had bought out and I thought they were just going to kind of be like, whatever direct-to-video somewhere um, in a red box. And it actually came out. It is a a story about like a 10-year-old boy living in the Pacific Northwest on the Oregon coast. And um, it does have to do with a Wendigo, which is cool and I thought was really well done and everything. There is, it did lose a couple points because we did have like the one random native elder that shows up without not enough context to tell them about the Wendigo, but the actor that portrays him is wonderful. So that's, that's <laughs> fine. But it's actually a movie a lot more about um, the impact of addiction and abuse and that kind of thing. So I, I actually really enjoyed it and really thought it was thought provoking. My number two is No Time to Die, James Bond movie, believe it or we not. Haven't- seen that yet either (laughs) but i already spoiled it for you right so i can you did spoil spoil it on this podcast too kevin loves james bond movies i do enjoy them but you know we definitely go because he loves 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 them and this was the first time a james bond movie made me cry in the movie theater so that alone gets it on the list because this major spoiler it was time to die (laughs) it was fact (laughs) time for james bond to die and Daniel Craig died in this movie in a format that was really reminiscent to me of the brontosaurus in Jurassic World being stuck on the island while everyone oh no. else got away. <laughs> it He was very much that brontosaurus and then blew up and died while the love of his life and his kid was over there crying. So it was very sad. <laughs> um, I loved the new um, 007 that was in the movie as well. I don't know that there's plans for her to go on and become, you know, James Bond and be in a series of movies. I think it would be absolutely wonderful if they did that. It would be interesting because she would be playing a James Bond that knew James Bond previously. Because yeah. I don't think historically there's been like this overlap. Not that I know of. It's, it's kind of more like like Batman you know like all these different series of batman and stuff but it was overall it was a very good movie too and then number one duh spider-man no way home i even if i had seen some of the other movies i wanted to see this year that movie i 
guarantee still would have been number one yeah i don't think there's any other movie that i would have put as number one even if i had watched more yes so our next category is the one that i really fell behind on which is tv series um i have several things i have not watched including (laughs) loki including season two of the mandalorian including the most recent season of what we do in the shadows these are all things that I love, obviously, and I'm going to watch, but my brain capacity was extremely limited. My list of the top three of things I did get to watch, number three is kind of a random one, but I got the Discovery Plus app this year, and I did a ton of watching of things on Discovery Plus, and I came across this little um, series. I think there was only four or five episodes total, and it's just like a one-shot series called Ghost Adventures The Haunted Museum. Now, I'm going to put a disclaimer here that, yes, we can we can talk about Zach Bagans in another episode <laughs> because Zach Bagans is Zach Bagans and there's a whole lot going on there. But if you don't know, he owns a, a museum of haunted artifacts and occult stuff in Las Vegas. And we, again, could have a whole podcast on side conversations about like objects that are like literally nothing but because the stories about them have taken off. Like now they're in this haunted museum, people pay to see them. But he has all kinds of stuff in this museum. And he worked with Eli Roth to make little one shot short films about the backstories of these items. Now, some of them do kind of involve the actual quote, quote, stories of where these things came from, but they do take like a a lot of artistic license and they are really well done. And they're really fun little things to watch. There's also another Eli Roth series on there on Discovery Plus called, I think it was called A Ghost is Ruining My Life or Ruined My Life or something. And he did, it's kind of like his own paranormal show. And it was actually really well done too. Um, But the Haunted Museum ones were fun. They weren't super gory or like super over the top, just like good, spooky, good time. And then at the end of each of them, it always shows the actual item in his museum and and stuff like that. Um, my favorite one was the one about this doll that's like, eh, there's always a doll. It's not the Annabelle doll because he he does not have the Annabelle doll. Um, but it's another doll. He that's doesn't? A, I thought he did. No, I'm pretty sure the Warrens have that. Oh. Side episode for them. <laughs> if you want to talk about grifters going to grift, Ed and Lorraine Lauren. <laughs> anyway, um... It's a different doll, but one of the main things about this was the doll, people who said they'd made direct eye contact with this thing got like migraines and got sick and all this stuff. And she's in a case like where you can't touch her and whatever, but they go through the whole episode about her. And like at the beginning, he gives this warning of like, I'm going to show the doll, the actual doll at the end of this episode. And I recommend you take it seriously and not make prolonged eye contact or something. And then the end of the episode, it just shows her in the cage, the cage, the uh, case and it gets closer to her and then suddenly it's like bam like eyes filling up the whole screen <laughs> Damn and I'm, it, like, Zach. <laughs> I'm like you didn't give anybody an option here anyway it was actually a really fun little show um number two on my list was squid game which was i mean i mean it's been talked about to death at this point like <laughs> of why this was such a great show but it really really was i love the cast in it I love the just like mild goofiness that's been injected into it. 
obviously it's very hyper violent and also very affecting for those people that have seen it know what i'm talking about when i mentioned the marbles episode and then when you get to the end of the series and realize like who's been behind some of this stuff it was just a great reveal um the ending sets it up nicely for another season so i i loved i am actually super excited for another season of squid game and i've heard they've even maybe signed on for a third one uh i have not watched it yet sorry ryan's bringing me wine because he's very nice Um, I've not watched it yet because I wasn't sure how violent it was, if it was, if I could handle it or not. I know that sounds weird for me to say because I watch and like a lot of violent things. But it's, it, you know, some stuff just sits differently. And honestly, after the last two years, I think for a lot of people, stuff sits differently. Yeah. And it did before. Uh, But I read a very in-depth analysis and summary of every episode so i know the story i know the twists i know the marvel episode i know the old man was actually the one that used to run it and then it was the police officer's brother who won one year was now running it mm-hmm. and i think i am going to watch it after i finish station 11 because i can only have <laughs> Trying to recognize at this point in my life, I can only have one heavy show at a time. <laughs> yes. And that is completely understandable. And it's, it, some episodes are a lot more lighthearted than others. And then some are a lot heavier than others. Like the Marvel episode for obvious mm-hmm. reasons is a very heavy one. Um, oh, especially when that one girl gives, um, basically gives herself up so the other girl can live and the other girl is and she says like, thank you for playing with me yeah I, I just read it and i was like oh my heart oh, and it's it's so sad because it the way they do this shot is the one that that survived it shows her standing there with her back to her and she doesn't turn around when she calls her name and you can just see her blurry in the background and then it shows her face for a second and she's just crying and so happy and is like thank you for playing with me yeah. and then they just shoot her it's oh it's horrible but it is a very, very, very good show. Um, but my number one, another show that also made me cry this year because that's what they were doing, was WandaVision. Woo! Yes, I finally watched WandaVision and I freaking loved it. I realize it's quickly becoming a thing on the internet to be a Wanda stan and be annoying as all hell. But I do. I love her. I loved that show. Um, it made me cry multiple times. I think several of the episodes were a great portrayal of grief and the grief process. There were several twists in there that I was like, oh, hell. It was Agatha all along won an Emmy for <laughs> the original song. <laughs> that song was a bop, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a wonderful, wonderful show. Um it made it very exciting to see the Doctor Strange trailer at the end of No Way Home. I mean, that would have been exciting anyway, but seeing her on her pretty farm and knowing she's just not going to get to be happy that Wanda. Wanda has been unfairly attacked by the MCU. <laughs> like, yes. Not by fans, I mean like her storyline. Yeah. Like she's never allowed to be happy and that kills me yeah she does because why can't she have anything and i i loved i also i let me phrase that i loved and hated but in a like a good way 
um the fact that they had evan peters be that actor uh yes to, to play quicksilver on the show because i was like oh i really want this to be a multiverse thing and um it was and not... then he was just a guy named harry boner or something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think he was kind of like how j jonah jameson is pretty much the exact same in a couple of the spidey universes evan peters in a couple universes has a connection to to quicksilver either is quicksilver or just played him on tv i kind of i really wanted that to be a multiverse thing but that probably was a lot to put in that show that already had a lot going on <laughs> yeah you don't know how hard it was for me to keep that secret of evan peters just randomly showing up as quicksilver for like five months five yeah. six months because it took did so take long me to a long time it. to watch it but i did i loved it honestly i think it's great that there's obviously not going to be a second wandavision because nope that was one and done <laughs> and i don't think you know i don't think things need to be set up to always have potential sequels or not um that show was super emotionally affecting especially with the i can't feel you scene mm -hmm. oh <laughs> yes <laughs> and then her you know having to give everything up but uh, i'm definitely very excited for dr strange which we'll talk about in the second section of this episode and that's my list uh tv for me i have one honorable mention um oh before i say that usually tv is the category i'm very good at and i i did okay this year and that is because it's not because I didn't watch a lot of TV. It's just because to be totally blunt, I had a lot of depression this year. And what I do when I am depressed is watch a lot of bad reality TV. <laughs> mm -hmm. I did that too. I have, none of those shows are on this list, <laughs> but I watched a lot of reality television. Um, but anyway, I did watch a lot of other shows and my honorable mention is Dragula season oh. four. Yes, it was amazing it filled my soul with joy and sometimes uh uncomfortableness yes i will i will have to put that one as an honorable mention on my list too now that i think about it but i think i just watched that one so recently yeah it was like kind <laughs> of i was like oh yeah that was last year um but gosh i love dragula uh, my number three was what we do in the shadows season three uh this show for three seasons I would say it's a perfect show. I don't know anyone that's ever been or that watches it that's ever been uh, disappointed by it. Personally, you know, sometimes by season three, the show starts to go downhill or their season one was really rocky while they tried to like find their footing. That has not happened with this show. Every season has been perfect and hilarious. And I will admit, I still have a couple episodes of this season to watch, but I've watched the majority, so I feel like I can put it yeah, on here. you can put it on there. <laughs> but it's so funny, and they're so dumb. I, I just, and it's <laughs> so quotable, like literally every episode of that show. There's a, I'm going to spoil a tiny bit of like the first episode for you. Because did you watch all season two? Yeah. And it ended with, with Guillermo killed all those yeah. vampires in the room yeah and he said is there something you need to tell us Guillermo <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it starts with they've they've built this like elaborate cage thing in the basement to put Guillermo in and they like 
keep bringing him raw chicken to eat. And he's like, oh, wow, raw chicken. And then when they go to sleep during the day, there's like part of the wall or the bar wall that he can just like lift and move. <laughs> so like he leaves every day and he like goes to a diner and has food and <laughs> and then just comes and puts himself back. Yeah. And then just goes and puts himself back in. But it's so, God, it's so funny. And it's so dumb. Well, it's, it's not so dumb. It's like smart dumb. And that's the difference. Yes. And I've really enjoyed it. I think one of the reasons that I'm dragging out season three is because I don't know when season four comes out. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to not have this show. <laughs> yeah. That, I, that is understandable to me. Uh, my number two show is Loki. Which I, when this show started, I thought it was just going to be a, a wacky little one-off that didn't really, you know, have to do with anything. It was just, here's a little Loki side adventure for our streaming service. And that's it. <laughs> um, but man, this show was, it was not quite as emotional as WandaVision, but it got pretty damn close and I was not expecting that. <laughs> and also, it heavily ties into what the main MCU is doing. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. This is one I have not watched yet, but I've heard. And I, I don't want to talk too much because I actually don't want to spoil any of this one for you. I know I spoiled a little bit at Comic-Con because there was people in costumes. That I was like, eh, and you didn't know. I was <laughs> so excited about it. But yeah, that show was really good. It, you need to watch it before Doctor Strange comes out. Oh, I, we definitely will do that. I don't know if it will. I don't know if Loki will show up in there. There is going to be a season two of this show. I've heard that. Um, which is fine. It also had one of my favorite actresses in it. I always forget her last name, which is not nice of me, but her first name is Wendy. She was in Lovecraft Country. And I was just thrilled when she showed up in the show. And I was like, oh, you get you get you your Disney dollars, Wendy. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you need to watch that one and you need to not do your thing where you watch most of a show and then you have two episodes left and you stop for three years. <laughs> we have not done that for a long time. We we are good about finishing shows now. Good. Uh, and then my number one was also WandaVision. It was another uh, show that when it started, I was like, okay, this is just, I didn't expect the Disney Plus shows to be that good honestly. honestly I didn't either and once I watch the other ones that I have not yet and then we should both watch Hawkeye maybe we'll do an episode on like the, the whole yeah I haven't watched Hawkeye yet uh but we did we already talked about WandaVision of the three that I did watch this year that one was definitely the best Captain America and the Winter Soldier even though it's not on here that should also be an honorable mention because it was very good um uh, it's the first Disney thing that I feel like can actually pat itself on the back for talking about race and racism. <laughs> Cause you know how Disney likes to put in like a two second thing and they're like, ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Diversity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, this is the first time I feel like it actually did enough talking about and recognizing racism because a big plot point in it is uh, Sam is having trouble becoming Captain America and he blatantly tells Bucky, um, Americans won't accept a black man as Captain America. And they talk about it several times. <laughs> um, and there's also another plot point I won't tell you too much about tied into that that's also 
straight up out racism. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my top three TV shows and my two honorable mentions. Uh, the next category I have is books, which I am lame and I wrote down titles and not author names. So I need to get my Goodreads. Because <laughs> that is that is important. I had to make sure I did that too, to go look when I wrote mine down to make sure I had the author names. Even though I actually didn't put down any honorable mentions, I did way better at reading this year than I did in previous years. I did too. I read a lot. Uh, my number three book is Never Saw Me Coming by Vera Kurian. That's one you just told me about not that long ago. Yes, I read it actually not too long ago, but it was wild. <laughs> uh, it's a book that actually did come out in 2021. So I forgot to preface this section with when we talk about movies and TV shows and podcasts, we usually talk about ones that came out in 2021 only. Uh, but for books, we do any book we read that year, regardless of when it came out, because I feel like books mm-hmm. have more of a more expand of a over years. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of uh, popular books that come out in that year, it's really hard to like get them from the library in that yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> and there's books that came out, you know, like four years ago and then just suddenly hit a very popular stride. Mm-hmm. Like books are weird like that. But yeah, Never Saw Me Coming did actually come out this year. It was published in September. Um, I believe it's Vera's first book. And I, you read the description for it, and it's about a girl starting college, and she's a diagnosed uh, psychopath. So she joins this study of psychopaths in exchange for free tuition. Uh, and then it just gets real wild where she is plotting to kill this dude who wronged her when she was young mood. And then on the other hand, someone is killing students that are in her program. So she's trying to solve some murders and keep herself from getting murdered while planning to murder someone. Wow. It's really great. And the, <laughs> the twist in it, cause you know, books like this have a twist. I actually didn't figure it out beforehand, but it still made sense when it happened. I was like, oh yeah, (laughs) of course. My number two book came out several years ago. I am late on this one. It was everyone else's number one book years ago. Uh, Where the Crawdads Sing by... So good. Delia Owens. Delia. Delia Owens. Uh, This book, five out of five stars. Perfect book. (laughs) destroyed me in the last five pages yes holy crap I love that book so much (laughs) it's like one of those things I loved it so much I feel like I don't have words to talk about it yeah it was one for a long time I didn't even like really get into it because I was like oh cool every book club is hyped up the crap out of this book whatever who cares and then I finally read it and was like oh my god oh my god and then it was it's literally just... like the last five and talk about a twist I did not see coming like when it brings every thread together in the last five pages and you find out she's been like the poet the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, <sighs> and then I love that what's his face just like throws it in the fire or whatever. So like nobody yeah. ever figures it. And yeah, it's wonderful. I'm just glad she got a happy ending. Yes. For most of her life. <laughs> 
Uh, and then my number one book of the year came out in 2020, uh, The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones was, it was the most unique book I've ever read in terms of like writing style and plot. And I don't think I will ever read another book like it again. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't very happen true. very often. I am <laughs> um, pretty sure I read that book in 2020. So that's yeah. why it's not on my list for this year. Um, but I'm pretty sure I did read it at the end of, of 2020. But had it had I read it in 2021, that would have been probably top of my list too. That is an incredible, deeply unsettling, um, beautiful book that I would I would love to see a movie version of because I would love for that author to get you know money from that and for them to do the cast and the directing correctly. But I'm also kind of like it would just be so easy for you to mess it up. <laughs> do so yeah <laughs> yeah i don't even know how to describe what kind of book that is it definitely it's a, is, i think it's, it's category yeah it categorized as a horror book yes but i've you never will... read a horror book that was so pretty and so disturbing yeah you will never look at elk <laughs> the same way again in your life it it made me very happy i'm not a hunter <laughs> yes because <laughs> i'm like i don't have to worry about this <laughs> yes <laughs> so i read a ton of books this year um, but I did try to pick out three that really stood out to me. The first one I have, and I actually don't know if any of these books came out in 2021 or not. I think they're all fairly new, so probably last couple years, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, the first one, or I should say number three on my list, is A Thousand Ships by Natalie Haynes. And this book is about the women of the Trojan War. So it's a, a fictional account. Or, I mean, depending on who you're talking to, all of the Trojan War might be a fictional account. <laughs> you know, that that's that's a different conversation. But um, usually when you read, like, Homer and the epics and the Odyssey and you know, all that, the women are obviously a, a major part of the story. And a lot of, a lot of the times they do um, play a major role, like Helen of Troy, you know, all that. But you don't often if at all get like their perspective it's mm -hmm. you know they're more of a major player and this is a this is a book that follows several women who are not helen of troy because we all know about her and it follows their stories and what they were doing throughout all this how it affected them what kind of stuff they had to put up with and one of my favorite things in there is um the the sections that are on Odysseus's wife I think she's Penelope I think it's Penelope I'm actually gonna check that because my mythology is a little rusty but Odysseus is the one that goes on his odyssey after the um Trojan War and yes Penelope is his wife I was right and, you know, gets in all his misadventures for like the 20 years or whatever before he goes home. And uh, Penelope's chapters are like letters from her to him. And I just love how it progresses because at first she talks about how mad she is about him going to participate in this war. But he had to go and she understands and but she and she understands he didn't want to and all this stuff. And then 
the Trojan War lasts, you know, however freaking long that it lasted. And so these she can only get like news of him basically from like the bards and the storytellers that come through and sing the songs of what's going on. And so she gets some stories of him and she's like basically like, I'm so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. And then she eventually just graduates into, are you coming home? Where the hell are you? What is wrong with you? Just like really pissed off. And then one of the last ones are, because when he finally does come home, um, he does that thing where he like hides in the village for like two days or whatever. And then he eventually does get home. And when he left, they had a puppy, like a, a brand new puppy. And so this dog is old as shit now when he gets back. <laughs> and the when he gets into the castle the first thing the dog sees is him and the dog gets so excited and just kills over and dies because he's just so old (laughs) but he like waited for him to come home and in her last thing she's basically like and you come home and my dog dies because i've been the one with the dog the whole time and it just (laughs) she's just like so appalled about it um but it was it was really great um my second one is a book called hex life wicked new tales of witchery and it's by various people because it's a collection of short stories and all of the short stories involve witches in some way and they are all so different from one another and just so wonderful like i don't read a lot of short stories and books like that make me realize like how much i'm probably missing sometimes by not reading more short story collections Mm -hmm. because it's incredible how much people can do in less than 30 pages with a short story sometimes so that one was really great but my number one book was the book of longings by sue monk kid um and this is a a fictionalized version of if jesus had a wife who would she have been Hmm. and you know a lot of when people ask that question a lot of times um the stories you get are usually about like mary magdalene and that kind of thing. And this is not who his wife is in this story. And it focuses on historical Jesus. So we're not talking about like Jesus as God and all this theology stuff. It's like if Jesus was a historical person, what would he have been like? What kind of woman would he have married? What would her life have been like? And it is such a great book. And it ties in different pieces of theology, different pieces of poetry and scripture from outside the bible that people have found it was just very very well done and such a strong female-centered story and i really really loved it highly highly recommend so our next category on my list is games and the three i have i don't think any of these three came out in 2021 specifically this is just this is where all the hours on my switch went um, all three of them are, in fact, Switch games for me. <laughs> at least that's how I play them. Um, number three, my beloved Animal Crossing. A big reason this is on the list again this year for me is, one, this game asks so little of me. Unless I want to terraform, then by God, it's going to give me a migraine. <laughs> but I can come back to it whenever, and sometimes my villagers are little shits to me about being gone. But it is still there. I can. I haven't lost anything. You know, I I love it. I love its cuteness. And they finally gave the long-awaited update where they literally pretty much were like, here is all this crap you asked for. Don't come to me again. 
Everything <laughs> after this is DLC. Shut up. <laughs> like that. <laughs> that's pretty much what it was. But the update was very large and very wonderful. Um, I have not started playing the, is it called the Home Sweet Home? No, DLC? it's called, uh, it's very similar to Happy Home Academy. Happy Home Paradise. Oh, I don't know where I got home, so you home. Um, I have not played that yet, although I have my little gift card to get it and and start adding that in there too. But I love, I continue to love my little Animal Crossing. Number two is actually a game I've only been playing for a couple weeks, but I have already put like 15 hours into it, um, which is Luigi's Mansion 3. I'd heard really good things about this game and I got it for Christmas and I have just been playing the heck out of it we have not tried the co-op yet but i'm really excited to mm -hmm. do that it is cute it's fun it's puzzle based which i love because i and it's not like annoying to where i am okay poking around poking around poking around until i figure out this puzzle and not just trying to like look it up and cheat or whatever like i actually enjoy figuring out these little puzzles and there's little things to poke that don't even have anything to do with anything like it honestly kind of reminds me of um those animated storybooks we used to like play with on the computer in some ways because you can just poke stuff and that a little thing will jump out or whatever um and there's little polter pup and he's very cute <laughs> and then you get to like suck up the ghosts and just bash the hell out of them too which is fun you can break furniture with them while doing that that's pretty cool you know <laughs> <laughs> um so i do i do like that i i like that even after i finish the story mode i think there'll be a lot for us to do on co-op and stuff too and my number one game this year was super smash brothers ultimate for the switch this is a game we'd had before and i honestly tried to play it a couple times and i was like i don't understand this game and <laughs> every time i would look up stuff about it it would be like this is one of the most simple, easy games of all time. It has like three controls and blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, I don't freaking get it because yes, there's these different buttons, but I know they do different things. If I do the, I was like, I want to know something about what I'm doing. I get that this is button mashing. I'm okay with that, but like, I got to know something. And I honestly just got irritated with it because I felt so stupid. I was like, this game makes me feel stupid. Because That's I still how I feel about Super Smash. Because <laughs> I didn't get it at all. And then... I had a friend of ours came over one day and wanted to play it. And I told him, I was like, I'll sit here and watch you guys play it. But I like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I refuse. <laughs> and he taught me how to play it. And then I figured out you can be Isabel on there. And I it clicked. I got it. And then I realized there was a whole story mode on there called World of Light which I'm not complete with, but I'm getting pretty close. And that was it. I have put like 35 hours into that game this year. I've unlocked a bunch of crap. Like, I don't know what it was to get it to click, but it did. So thank you, friend Gabriel, because you're the one <laughs> that taught us how to play that game and for me to not hate it. And it became my number one game of the year. Well, you're going to have to explain it to me like he explained it to you because I still don't understand it <laughs> next time you're here in person because i think that'll be a lot easier yeah my games of the year uh number three is the sims 4 specifically the cottage living dlc uh is super fun i have a 
ghost hunting farmer now. Amazing. And I'm trying to figure out canning and baking, which I haven't yet. Her husband's going to do that, but he currently has a job as a dishwasher because he wants to be a fancy mixologist. <laughs> which I have <laughs> a connection there. <laughs> you start as a dishwasher, I guess. But I have a freaking farm. I have a cow and a llama and I have chickens that are constantly mad because they don't get enough love. Because they're chickens. Yeah. And I'm growing a bunch of shit in my garden and there's foxes that like just thankfully they only steal the eggs. They don't like violently kill your chicken, but they steal the eggs, but you can become friends with them. And like my, my little girl is friends with all the foxes. (laughs) And sometimes they just come in the house <laughs> and like chill. They're like, all right, there, here we are, here I am. Yeah. It's great. It's a it's I don't have all of the Sims for um expansion packs, but this is probably one of their best ones. It's very fun. I love my cow. <laughs> uh, my second game, my number two game was Animal Crossing. My beloved little Animal Crossing. I very early this year for my birthday, Natalie and Kevin got me a switch so I could finally play Animal Crossing and I have been addicted to it ever since. I still don't have Raymond or Coco on my island. It's an ongoing thing. Every time someone moves in, that's not them. Um, I send pictures of the new person to Natalie and shit talk them into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) And just to for anybody listening who is super, super into Animal Crossing and what villagers are popular and whatever, I have Raymond because Raymond came to my campsite. Yes. And, and I had no know. idea who he was. I was like, this cat has glasses and he's cute. And so I let him live on my island. And apparently I didn't realize I had like such a coveted villager. <laughs> I do have a little um, altar for Raymond in my house to summon him. <laughs> you I do, do have, have Lucky, though. I do I have guess. Lucky, the little mummy dog who did come to my campsite. And I have Julian, the unicorn, mm-hmm. who also came to my campsite. So I'm not like, I have some pretty lucky ones. <laughs> <laughs> I have some lucky ones. <laughs> but I love Animal Crossing. I have been playing the DLC. It's very fun because it's like, it's like having a bunch of villagers in a different place. I mean, you can't interact with them quite the same way. You can talk to them, but they're like, do you want to come see my house and remodel it? But it's like, I have another place where I can just go look at them. Um, <laughs> like, like you cute. Hi. <laughs> uh, I have Bob the cat there. And I have the robot octopus, cephalobot, I think his name is. I just love Animal Crossing very much. You know, it just dawned on me that, I mean, I know Animal Crossing has been around quite a while. Like, this is only the latest in the series, but isn't it kind of like in a a different way in a different way but do you not see like the similarities to neopets here almost like with some of like the overlap of people who liked neopets probably would like animal crossing are you just saying millennials who well, play yes. games. But I mean, apparently <laughs> neopets is still a thriving thing happening and obviously yeah and apparently it's not I mean animal crossing is not neopets clearly but like just the my cute little thing and i gotta seek after the cute little thing i specifically want and i can put clothes on them like <laughs> you know it just although they're you can give them the clothes but whether they're or not they're gonna wear the clothes i don't know 
Anyway, random thought that maybe I was connecting dots that aren't actually connected, but it makes me kind of think of Neopets. <laughs> I could see it. Did you know if you get the DLC and you build 30 vacation homes, which I'm not even close to because I'm picky about who I build a vacation home for, after you've built like 30 or something, you can renovate your own Islanders homes. Oh, game on. And you can make this them huge rooms. Yeah. I'm going to make Raymond's house not ugly. His house is so ugly. <laughs> I he love has... Lucky, but, and I love like his graveyards, but I want to give him not a dirt floor. <laughs> yes. Raymond has the primo real estate on my island for that ugly house. It's cute on the outside, but you can change the outside. outside too. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. I need to be downloading that DLC. I just got that goat named Nan that I told you was the witch goat because mm-hmm. she's a little black goat. And I made, she wanted a hotel themed house. So I made her a hotel themed house, but the outside I made black and purple with a purple door. Cause you told me witches have purple doors. They do. I made her a hotel, <laughs> but I witch themed it. <laughs> That's adorable. Uh, my number one game of the year is on PlayStation probably also xbox don't know if it's on pc is it takes two which is in 2021 i think it came out in 2021 um it might have won game of the year too it is a rare breed where it is a co-op game for just two people i think you can play it online but we play it i play it with ryan in person it's like it feels like a game at 2002 (laughs) Like with couch (laughs) co-op. And it is fantastic. And it's so fun. And it's just you and one other person. And you are this pair of parents that have shrunk down to little dolls. After, of course, you know, you got in a fight and you were thinking about divorce. And now you've got a, you're being led by the book of love to learn how to communicate basically with each other. And it's just different puzzles cute like different levels of puzzles and you're just trying to figure out how to get big again so you can get back to your daughter because she's sad because she's probably being a little shit (laughs) well no it's because her parents were fighting and then they both took naps (laughs) well how rude of some people (laughs) (laughs) there's one level that's all in the tree in the backyard and you fight the bugs and the squirrels it's crazy it sounds fun And you have to work with your partner all the time. Like each of you can only do certain actions. And you have to put those actions together. And I love playing it with Ryan. Uh, The next category I have is YouTube slash streamers. Which this category used to be just YouTube. And then I got more into streamers. I think I told you the other day I was talking to my Gen Z coworker. Yes. And I was telling her who my favorite Let's Players were. And she was like, what the hell is a Let's Player? And I said, no, you should know what a Let's Player is. Yeah. And my my Gen Z coworker is into games. She built her own computer, her own gaming computer. And so I described to her and she's like, oh, why didn't you just say streamer? And I was like, but they're not always live streaming. Yeah. yeah, I was like, because it's different. And I am an old, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) And I was telling her, I was like, well, Less players existed on YouTube before there was Twitch and streamers, so it's different. Yeah, and it's not live. Although 
most YouTube Let's Players are do also stream now, but yes, they do both. most of them, a lot, well, not a lot of them do both. Um, that being said, both of, all three of my top three are streamers <laughs> because they're nice to put on in the background when I'm doing other stuff. And I can like tune in, I can tune out, and it's, you know, it's very nice. My honorable mentions um, are Markiplier and Jacksepticeye because they're they're still in my regular viewing. Um, also, my honorable mentions is a Twitch streamer named Oh It's Robin M. I actually found her on TikTok. She's a horror streamer. She does games, but she also does watch scary movies with her. She's very oh. funny and very witty. Uh, but in my top three, number three is Luxie Games. And all of these people are primarily Twitch streamers, but then they like post their videos to YouTube so you can watch previous ones there. Um, Luxie Games does a lot of Animal Crossing and a lot of Sims. She's very cute. <laughs> She's just, like, very cute and wholesome. <laughs> My second one is Leash Capiche who is a horror streamer doing horror games and she cracks me up. Like if you, she also has a TikTok and if you just watch some of her TikToks to get like a, a flavor, she is hilarious. Like her reactions to things are peak comedy to me. <laughs> and then and she makes it to where I can like enjoy a horror game because it doesn't freak me out as much because she's scared for me <laughs> so you don't have to do that part and then my number one streamer is ashley roboto who is a i think she's like a mid early 20s she's also very cute <laughs> um she plays a lot of animal crossing as well so i guess my animal crossing obsession bled into what i that. watch <laughs> yeah i watched her for like two solid weeks villager hunt for bob in animal crossing and i was like i realized i was like i spend four hours every day with this person in the background villager hunting and it doesn't get old <laughs> um i was just double checking that leash capiche was who i thought it was and i follow her on tiktok but i have not watched um any of her live streams so i will definitely do that because i love her tiktok videos they're so funny. Oh, she's so funny. And she has so many funny moments in her streams that aren't on her TikTok. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely gonna, you know, this actually just has made me realize there's a lot of like streamer content on Twitch I could be putting on in the background instead of all my Discovery Plus shows for like the 18th time. So that's I actually, what I do now. <laughs> I only have two things on my list for YouTubers. Um because I didn't watch a lot of streamers this year. I had random things that I too put on the back in the background while I'm working, but the number two on my list is the dance moms compilations <laughs> or pretty much anything on the, <laughs> on the TLC and lifetime channels on YouTube <laughs> because they put together these compilations of like specific things from the episodes. And then sometimes they do like these mega compilations that are like an hour and a half long. And so you can pretty much watch like, the only parts of episodes that mattered anyway. And I will just never get over the episode in one of the later seasons when 
Abby Lee gets called out for being on her cell phone in the theater and and she just backs out. And she, she backs her chair out of there. And someone's like, Where are you going? She's like, I think I'm going to Baskin Robbins. And then they're trying to catch her and she's like going to the police station to report this lady for assault or something. Like it's just so chaotic and ridiculous. But my number one on this list was Jack Septiguy, um, because I do keep putting his videos on in the background because he is just very comforting. Um, mm-hmm. and I like the TikTok videos he's done this year where um he just plays the some of his favorite TikToks. One of those videos was actually how I originally discovered um, Francis, the train guy. I love Francis. Yes. We um, did not do a TikTok category, well, maybe, but I'm Francis would add, be my number one, two, and three. <laughs> I'm just going to add him to this list because that man gives me so much joy. I am so happy for him because now he quit his job, right? And like he gets to do yeah. train spotting full time. <laughs> I've never been so happy for someone in my life. Like, I love him. I, I actually don't know offhand what his handle is, but literally it's just this man train spotting and being so excited about everything. And he's so happy. And he has a silly, funny camera view of the front of his face. And I just, I love him so much. His handle, I don't remember his last name, but his handle is his name. So if you search for at Francis and then It'll a period, come up. Yeah. he should be the first one. Yeah, he's he is wonderful. I love him. So the last category I have on here is podcasts. And I do only have two on here as well, because I tend to get to like, I get like hyper into (laughs) single podcasts. Um, The first one I have on here is one that I think I had on your last year too, which is Planet Money. um, I love Planet Money. started as Kevin, it's one of the ones Kevin tends to listen to in the morning. So then I get to listen to it too. And I just always learn things from Planet Money and The Indicator by Planet Money. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned all kinds of things about the economy from there. I like the way they approach it. Um, it's so easily digestible. So I love, love, love The Indicator and Planet Money. Um, my number one podcast, though, which I started listening to for the first time ever on our 14-hour drive to Wyoming back in August. And because of those drives and then some um, time periods after that, I've listened to like... 24 hours of this podcast now um but that is paranormal with ashley flowers um oh i love that one you recommended that podcast to me to specifically listen to the episode about the mothman and now i have listened to all kinds of other stuff um ashley has a wonderful voice to listen to and the way that she structures the episodes i really like Um, I like that she talks about all different kinds of spooky stuff without getting too much into some of the gore like some of the other true crime ones do. Mm -hmm. Um, But she'll still give you the details. And I also appreciate that she gives you the whole story and then reasonably goes into why people believe this or why we believe this happened. Like actually gives some validation for the conspiracy side of it. And then she'll go into like, okay, but here's some things that have maybe disproved this and gives you both sides of it without like really telling you what to think. Um, So I have listened to a ton of those. And since they come out every Wednesday, I hope I have a ton more to listen to this year. (laughs) Uh, For me, the true crime thing kind of goes into my number three podcast. This is going to sound weird, but I cannot do true crime podcasts. 
Um, I can only do certain shows if it's like unsolved mysteries or forensic files. But things like My Favorite Murder and all these other true crime crime podcasts, I just can't do. Like ghosts, aliens, weird, we maybe found Bigfoot stuff. Hell yeah, I am there. Even if I don't believe in it, I am there. (laughs) (laughs) But true crime, I cannot. (laughs) And not to get all randomly dark, but part of that is because I don't, my brain gets too attached to things and I don't like getting attached images of traumatic things that happen to real people mm-hmm. uh, sometimes to be honest I find the obsession people have with it a little too much fair and not to get very detailed into it but someone we are very closely tied to died in a very violent, awful way in 90, like a long time ago, <laughs> long, long time ago. And every time I hear or listen to true crime podcasts, I just think about what if they got a hold of the story of the person that we loved. And then, mm-hmm. and I've also seen like, like the most recent, um, there's this petition going around for a family who Hulu made a documentary about their daughter being murdered without their consent. Oh, that's awful. And they were very against it and they made it anyway and they're trying to get it taken down. And it just, I think about the people that are still living that are affected by these like yeah. podcasts that are like gleefully talking about someone dying. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't do it. <laughs> But anyway, my number three podcast is the- Is my favorite murder. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be a plot twist? (laughs) It's The Haunted Estate by Selena Myers, who you might know as Selena Spooky Boo. I do love her. Social media. And I love her very much. And I can't listen to every episode of this podcast. I give it five stars. And I listen to any episode that she has about her own history or about ghosts. Um, yes, it's a, it's also a comedy podcast and I really like her approach to paranormal things is ghosts are not generally scary and she's actually like very sweet about them, <laughs> um, which is a different approach. Cause you know, usually things are like hauntings, they're all bad. The demon's trying to attack you. Yeah. And hers is just like, <laughs> it's just a ghost. Like they're probably not mad or anything else. They're just hanging out. Uh, but she does have some episodes that are more true crime that I cannot listen to. And that's just my preference. Like I tried to listen to this one that was about scariest 911 calls. And I listen to podcasts when I run. That's when I do most of my podcast listening so I can focus, but also be doing something. And I tried listening to this one while I was running because I thought it was going to be like, you know, spooky voices in the background, unexplainable things. And it turned out to be this woman is getting murdered on 911 call and I had to stop my run and I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't listen to this. Yeah. Um, but that's not Selena's fault. Like that's just, you know, I can't handle that stuff. A lot of other people can. And her podcast is extremely well done. And I can still listen to a lot of it when she talks about ghost stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway, now that I have ranted about true crime, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my second podcast is Heavyweight, which is a Gimlet podcast. It might be just on Spotify. 
Um, I discovered it in November, so I haven't been listening to it very long, but I've listened to a lot of it. And it is this guy who people go to him and say, this is something or someone or something that happened in my life either recently or a long time ago. That's, you know, it's like a weight, like Mm -hmm. a weight on your shoulders. And it's about lifting that weight on your shoulders. And the topics go from like very um, lighthearted. There's some deeper ones. Um, John Green is on one episode where he talks about before he wrote books, he was a deacon at a hospital and a little boy almost died while he was on. um, Well, a little boy came in, he had been burned. They didn't think he was going to make it. And he was just, you know, on shift to sit with the boy's parents. And then he clocked Mm -hmm. out in the morning and he had no idea what happened. That would be horrible. Uh, But this podcast connects him with the adult like 20 years later of that little boy because he survived and they talk and it's really nice (laughs) that is amazing and like there's one episode where this woman was like why does my family not want to hang out with me anymore and there's one that wanted to learn to drive because she'd always been scared of it so it's like it's a lot of mental health um but every episode ends on kind of like a very light note because that person's weight has been lifted Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a nice concept. Yeah, it's very nice. And then my number one podcast is Distractable, which is the podcast Markiplier started uh, with Bob, which I can never say his uh, his gamer tag for YouTube and stuff. Miscurum? Miscurum? Yeah, something with an M, I'm not <laughs> sure. And Wade. And it's, it's very similar to our podcast, honestly, but it's very ours is the boring version (laughs) (laughs) but it's very funny it's it's like watching the three of them you know do a let's play together only they don't talk about games like they have a different topic every episode and it's never game related but hey well that i think actually covers 2021 which was a year for sure (laughs) It existed. Um, it existed. Um, 2022, we did something different this year and we don't have like this whole rundown of every movie to expect and the dates that are coming out, games that are coming out, TV shows that are coming out. We just both kind of picked a handful of stuff that we are looking forward to. One, because we, like, like I said, I have a lot of tv shows <clears throat> that i have not watched from last year so that carries over um also because stuff is still being moved and changing because of the pandemic so we learned last year we actually tried to do a what's coming up well we tried to do that in january 2020 and then we tried to do one last year and both times it's it all completely <laughs> different um like for example uh morbius with jared leto i literally just saw today or yesterday has been pushed back for like the fifth or sixth time or something, three more months, which it sounds like that this time it was actually because Spider-Man No Way Home is still in theaters and doing really well. And they didn't want to compete with it at all because technically Sony is getting money off of both of those. So they didn't want to compete against themselves. But so at least in that case, it's not because, oh my God, this movie sucks or something and we got to reshoot. But um, hopefully not. 
hopefully it's not like a new mutant uh, <laughs> scenario. <laughs> yes. I'll just kind of go through, you know, quick hits of what I have on my list that hopefully I get to see or read or, or do in 2022. Um, most of my list is movies. I have Lightyear. I am so excited. <laughs> that was made for you. <laughs> it truly was. Um, for people who don't know, I did the Disney College program at Disneyland and I worked on Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters there. And so Buzz is just always has a very special place in my heart. And I love that they're making like, like this is the movie Andy would have gone to see, like why he mm-hmm. would have wanted a Buzz Lightyear toy. So I think that's so cute. Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Super pumped about this. That trailer was amazing. There was like Shadow, Doctor Strange, Wanda. Very excited. The Northman, which is by the director that did The Witch and The Lighthouse, which should probably tell you a lot about <laughs> his background. Robert Eggers, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, but The Northman, I just saw a trailer for a couple weeks ago. And it is about, it's like a good old fashioned Viking revenge story where the the little Viking prince, his uncle, kills his dad and steals the throne and he takes a boat and escapes and he's got to come back in as adult to kill his uncle, save his mom and avenge his dad. Bam. You know, just so the Lion like, King? Only Vikings? Or Hamlet? Hamlet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's Hamlet. Um, the Lion King is Hamlet. But yes. Very much, very much that, but with Vikings. <laughs> Yay! I mean, I love that storyline, so let's do it with Vikings. It's a, it's a good storyline. <laughs> Thank you, Shakespeare. Um, The next one on my list is Nope, which is Jordan Peele's next venture. I'm not sure if he's directing or just producing. Oh, I totally forgot about this. This one, Um, but like any good Jordan Peele venture, I have no idea what it's about at this point. It's a poster with a cloud on it, but sign me up, ready to go. I will purchase tickets. Next on my list is, of course, Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. I'm so excited. Um, As much, and we could talk about this in a Spider-Man podcast episode, as much as I absolutely adored No Way Home, I still think Into the Spider-Verse is my favorite Spider-Man movie of all time, Mm -hmm. which says a lot. So I'm very excited that there's two more. We're doing part one. The trailer for it is wonderful. I love it. Then we also have Thor Love and Thunder coming out. I know this is kind of like, I'm actually kind of waiting for what Thor's retirement is going to be. I'm kind of assuming this, this movie and then The Last Guardians, this is probably it for Thor. Because mm-hmm. all these original Avengers are phasing out. But I do love Thor movies. And is Taika Watiti doing this one? Yes, I believe so. Yes. So ready for that. And then I also have Wakanda Forever. I know there's been some issues with the actress playing Shuri, but it sure sounds like they have gotten that figured out. The other things on my list are the TV shows that... Some of them I want to watch, obviously. Loki, latest season of What We Do in the Shadows, season two of The Mandalorian. But then I do have two new ones. One that just started, The Book of Boba Fett. Um, oh, yes. Which I know I obviously need to finish Mandalorian before I start that. 
because uh, I haven't been spoiled, but I kind of got a feeling why those our might mom, die together. Our mother <laughs> kind of spoiled it. <laughs> I, I was, I'm just going to say I was shocked Boba Fett wasn't in season one, so I kind of figured this is what's going on. And then my mom for Christmas also gave us like every season of Yellowstone, which I have never watched and I've heard is a really great show. So we're going to watch all of Yellowstone. And that's, that's kind of my list at this point. My looking forward is also mostly just TV and movies. I couldn't actually find a game coming out this year that immediately grabbed my attention. So it might just be another year of Animal Crossing and Sims. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but what I have on here, some of these you've already said, I'm looking forward to finishing Station Eleven. Oh, which... I can't believe I left that off. Station Eleven <laughs> is on my my TV shows. It started in 2021, but it's like an episode or two a week. So it's technically a 2022 show as well. Um, I've watched the first three episodes. I watched episode three last night. Absolutely wrecked me. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, it was... good. <laughs> this isn't going to spoil anything because... I mean, it mostly followed what's in the book, but the third episode was pretty much just all Miranda's story, like her like, past and her current in the like ending the with the beach. Well, she hasn't gotten to the beach. I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not, but it was like it was her meeting Arthur and getting married and then starting her job at the logistics shipping mm-hmm. place and um, working on her graphic novel and I didn't think it would get to me that much, but I just forgot that I love Miranda, the character, so much. And that it, yeah. it hit me hard. <laughs> yes. And forewarning, I haven't watched it yet either, but it, this is literally one of my favorite books of all time. Mine too. I absolutely highly recommend it no matter what. But if you haven't read it or watched this show, just know after living through a flu-type pandemic for the last two years, it probably will affect you differently than it would have two years ago. Yes, I absolutely love this book. I love it so much. When I was in grad school, I taught this book to an undergrad class. I fit it into a 20th century fiction class. <laughs> <laughs> and now I wonder about all those students. I'm like, oh God, are they thinking about the time they read this book and now COVID is happening? <laughs> and now they're traumatized. Um, but this, I, I don't want COVID to ruin the show because it is beautiful and it's doing such good justice to the book. But it is hard. Like the the stuff that's twenty years in the future, it's okay because you know we're we're post all of that. But it's the it's the stuff with little Kirsten and Jeevan that really gets yeah. to you. <laughs> like <sighs> yeah, I texted you this already, but Jeevan's on the subway and his sister is a I don't remember if this happened in the book, but his sister's a nurse or a doctor at a hospital somewhere else, and she calls him. And it's telling him, like, this is really bad. This is pretty much the end. You need to go be with Frank. Don't watch the news. This did happen in the book. Yeah, and she tells her, don't watch the news because they're not putting it all out there. And the way she words it, she says, it's too late to run. Go to Frank. And I was like, oh, God, fuck. And then <laughs> Jeevan has a panic attack. And I was like, oh, God. It hurts uh, so bad. <laughs> I know. But it's so beautiful. And it just makes it you wonder, so well like, acted. how many of our healthcare workers back in, like, early 2020 had those thoughts go through their head before, Yeah, <laughs> you know, we knew, like, okay, well, maybe we can somehow get through this, but just... I still think you should watch it. I just started watching it a few days ago. Like, five or six episodes are already out. 
And I was telling Ryan, I really want to watch this show. It's based on one of my favorite books ever, but it's about a flu pandemic that ends life as we know it. And he told me, well, COVID is here. It is what it is. You shouldn't let it ruin this thing you love for you. That's a very good point. So. <laughs> That's a very good point. Just don't binge it. Yes. <laughs> it's not bingeable. <laughs> Other things I'm looking forward to to totally change gears is the Peacemaker show. Which I, like I can't believe week. I left that one off my list too. <laughs> yes, that's one of my other TV ones. I, I really failed with the TV thing. I was already excited when they announced it and then Danielle Brooks was going to be in it and I will watch her in. She is one of the actresses. I will watch anything she's in regardless of what it is. Um, so I'm super excited. Um, also, I had Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, which you talked about. I That's just one of the ones I have no words for. <laughs> yeah, there's no words for that. Like, I feel like I can have my hopes up really high for that because I know it's not going to disappoint me. I put the Uncharted movie on here, even though I haven't played the Uncharted games, but I've I've watched enough Let's Plays of them, of other people playing them. And when I saw the trailer where they had um, him falling out of the plane and like climbing up, trying to climb up the cargo, I'm pretty sure that happens at the beginning of one of the games. And I was I like, think ah. it does. You were like, look, they did the thing. Yeah, it's like, ah, you did the thing. So I, I will go watch. <laughs> Doctor Strange is also on here. One, I'm surprised. I'm very surprised you left this one out. Uh, the Batman. Oh, Lord. I, <laughs> Robert Pattinson, I'm so sorry. I forgot to put that one on my list. I even saw that trailer recently when we went to see Nightmare Alley. Robert Pattinson is my Batman, I'm telling you. My Batman, Robert Pattinson. I've never been excited for a Batman movie like this before. <laughs> I don't know I what's know. happening to me. <laughs> oh, the trailer is so good. And Colin Farrell as the penguin. You wouldn't even have any idea that was him. Yeah. Yeah. And Paul Dano is, is he the Riddler? He's in there somewhere. Oh, he might be the Riddler. I mean, it just, let's do it already. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, I also have supposed to come out this year. Does not have an official date. Who knows if it'll actually happen this year. It is the Lord of the Rings show on Amazon, mm -hmm. which I was very skeptical about until we saw Billy Boyd at Comic-Con and he said he was excited. And I was like, okay, then I, okay. Will, I will give it. Okay, Billy Boyd. <laughs> um, also supposed to come out this year, don't know if it will, is The Last of Us show on HBO. And the last thing I have on here is not a show or a movie, but I am pretty sure I'm going to make a Mothman costume for Rose City Comic-Con 2022. <laughs> I'm amazing mothman <laughs> i'm not that crafty so hopefully i can make one but i want to make a mothman costume i love the mothman he just came to try to save some lives man he's my favorite mythical <laughs> creature <laughs> or he came to, to take some lives i don't know but <laughs> my I love him. the unexpected theme of stuff i got at comic-con 2021 was mothman I know I have a little coaster with him on it and it's so cute. Yes, I have the coaster. I have a pin. I got a little art that says Mothman, your friendly neighborhood cryptoid. <laughs> it's in my game room. <laughs> so cute. Well, the final thing I am looking forward to this year is this podcast and doing it for another Woo! year <laughs> and really getting back in the saddle. So that's... You know, I know those were a shorter lists than we normally do for what you're, what we're looking forward to, but 
that actually is something. There are some things to look forward to now. Obviously, we knew last year we're not going back to pre-2020 normal or whatever. It's not a thing. But this is the year we can all learn to grow larger around the grief and struggle. Because it's not going to go anywhere. But by God, there is still popcorn to shove in your face. There are still (laughs) Animal Crossing villagers to hunt down on islands. Raymond. And there is still the Mothman. So can't be all that bad. I feel like Mothman is like banshees where they seem horrifying at first and then you get their like deeper meaning. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Because banshees are just intense grief. Yes. They're not coming to get you. They're no, just they're not gonna grief. You. <laughs> they're the personification of grief. Yes. And moth is just cool. Is the personification of a moth. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. And he shows up and he's like, hey man, COVID's coming. He's like, listen, <laughs> the bridge, it's gonna fall. Someone definitely saw Mothman in like fall 2019, like right before just COVID started. <laughs> and didn't say anything. And he was like, man, you guys never listen to me. And so he just left. It's like every time Godzilla comes out of the ocean and she's like, why do I got to do this shit again? Yeah, you got, I am and then tired. You, and then you shoot things at me. And you're mean about it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. That is. Pie needs dinner. <laughs> yes. Pie needs a chicky rice. I need another Coke Zero. And. And Mothman needs a light bulb. So I think that's it for this one. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll talk to you all in the next one. Bye, nerds. Bye, nerds. Intro and outro music is courtesy of Sneaky Creaky on Yummy Sounds. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at NerdAscended. You can also email us at nerdascendedpodcast at gmail.com. And ratings are always appreciated.